Champagne Soccer, we're back. Hey, the Champions League is getting in motion. The league race in the Premier League is getting hotter after City's game in hand has been completed. There's also some issues with the scheduling conflict with the tournament that we'll get into. But uh, how are all y'all doing, man? Cletus, where you at, man? How you living, bro? Slizzy. Living real slizzy, reporting live from Slizzy World, you know. <laughs> That's what's up. E from what dimension are you at, man? Are you in Slizzy World too? Nah, nah, nah. But I am on cloud nine, if you catch what I mean. So ah, I see you. <laughs> okay, okay. Anthony must be happy with that result earlier. Yeah, man, you know. Winners do what they're supposed to, except uh, when it comes to Chelsea, I guess. But Whoa. Other than that, yeah, you know, it seems like we we're drawing against some some bums this year that all right, all right, all right. stealing stealing points away from my club. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I almost forgot about that match. Nicholas Jackson, hey man, that was a sick game. He was the number ten dictating play. Hey, he got in this. I mean, that was a, that was a hot match. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was ugly hot to be, but hey, we'll get into yeah. that a little bit. Uh, Marcus, how you living, man? I'm seeing, uh, unfortunately, uh, Allison's out for a while. Trent's out for a while. You're still confident in your Reds, right? The sick time. Sick time. But we're going to make it through. And we're putting this shit on the documentary, bro. Whoa. It's all falling into place. Clay to check. The check clear. Tell Ty he don't have to sell the club yet. Hey man, Ty Bowley might as well bribe Brighton, man. We're gonna talk about that in a few minutes too, man. Eleven signings from Brighton in the last eighteen months. Goodness gracious, great. That's what I call it. <laughs> hey man, well let's start with City's last two games. Anthony, you mentioned on the weekend, you guys dropped two points against Chelsea, 1-1 draw. Nicholas Jackson with a nice through ball for Raheem the Dream Sterling to score the first goal of the game in the second half. Uh, Holland does his best Lukaku impression, but Rodri saves the day so you guys can at least get a point. And then you come into your game in hand and Holland scores the game-winning goal in about the 71st minute for a 1-0. So, Anthony, how would you evaluate your last two matches? Slow, under underwhelming. Uh, we could do better. Um, I see a lot of city city Twitter saying they don't want to see Alvarez playing that 10 role anymore. Uh, which I can in that Chelsea match, I can see what was up. I, I just me and you spoke earlier, Dan. Um, I don't want to shit on Doku. I think his green light with Pep's tactics have him sometimes stalling on the ball too much, but I like his creativity. And so there's times where the flow of the attack <clears throat> slows down because he has. A, a green light to create and um it's exciting but i guess you, you want to see more and that's uh 
I guess that's where Phil Foden comes in on the opposite side, and he's actually producing more. So you just, we just want to see more production, man. Shouldn't be like this, but say it, bro. You want the end product. You don't want flash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I want, I want a goal, man. I want that ball going, going into the net. I don't want step over, step over, step over, dribble, dribble, dribble. Uh, pass backwards, man, or pass to the side or lose the ball. I, I don't want none of that. So, I, I honestly, I would go with give me a healthy Jack, man, healthy a key, keep Vardio and Doku as subs, man. I don't want to see them, man. Let me get let let's get this four peat out the way and get this uh, repeat trouble, man. Let's 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 do it how we did it last year. Cletus, when you saw that match on the weekend, were you proud of Chelsea's performance or do you think they lost the opportunity to get an important win? I think for our team confidence, it was a good point to get. Um, we always play good against like stronger teams this season. And I guess that just comes down to like, you know, Poch somewhat understanding the way Pep plays and other team plays as well. But I think our lineup could have been better going into the game. Um, we definitely missed a lot of chances first half. Uh, God, Nicholas Jackson, that guy, man, he's 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 something. I don't know what it is. Playing the number ten, um, he had a chance in front of the goal one v one where it could have been a first time shot. Try to get a touch, you know, all the extra stuff. Um, but all in all, um, I say it was a good performance. But again, we could have had better subs, and we could have came out with the win honestly. But I feel like second half we defended way more than we should have. And we didn't like try to hit City on the counter like we did, and by you know capitalizing our chances. For sure, for sure. Now, if you guys don't mind, let's segue that into the Champions League because, as you guys know, we're in the round of sixteen, and I guess you could say the big match today was Inter Milan versus Atletico Madrid, two very strong counterattacking teams that both play a 3-5-2. You know, it's the Diego Simeone derby, if you will, because he used to play for Inter back in the days. And, hey, Inter got the first result. Marco Arnautovic scored the game-winning goal in the 79th minute. Hey, I've seen a lot of people say the match was boring. It was, you know, very defensive. Did any of you guys get a chance to see this match? Cletus, I thought you might be interested just to see your brother Pavard. Yeah, no, I wasn't interested in and him. But of course, I Taram. Well, you say you <laughs> Yeah, no, I did watch the game, though, but I wasn't checking for Pavard. But um, about your boy Marcus Taram? Were you proud of how he played? Yeah, Marcus looked good up top. He made a few runs, um, had a chance. Um, he could have buried, um, had a header as well, I think. Um, but all in all, I wouldn't say the game was dry. I think one, like, if you, if you knew what to expect from, like, a – Atletico team and Inter team, then you will expect it to be a dry, like, 1-1 game. But, like, in their world of defending and everything, it was very kind of, like, open. Atletico had a lot of chances. Um, they play, like, a lot of nice combination passes, like, in the box and, like, top of the box when they're trying to create space. Um, they had a lot of opportunities where, you know, they played through balls for the um, for Martinez to run on to. And then he created, like, two chances for Arnautovic. And Arnautovic missed, like, three of those chances and then he finally got his goal at the end. And that's why I was sending in the chat, like, you know, I love the game because, like, 
when you're consistent and you're like dedicated to something, you're always going to be rewarded. And he was rewarded with the, you know, the winning goal today. So I think all in all, it was a good game. At Atletico had like seven chances, seven shot on goal, but like none on target. And Inter had like 15 shots. Like they were, they was really efficient today. They could have scored more, um, but I think it was a good game though. Hey, I think the reason folks are saying it was dry was because the finishing was shit. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah. And I find it kind of disrespectful that you subbed off uh, Marcus. It's weird saying my damn name, but um, you subbed him off for Anatovic. Wasn't that brother in like Japan a year ago, bro? Like, hey, don't, don't worry about that, Marcus. Hey, man, you got to, hey, this is Inter Milan. They have to find talent where they can find it, man. Man, they still run with two strikers. I mean, you saw the ghost of Alexis Sanchez. Hey, man, <laughs> it was, hey, look, I can say it was some geeked. It was some geek stuff. I mean, shit. Uh, Atletico got the homie there, uh, the Belgian homie that rebirthed himself to become a damn center back. Oh, Witzel. <laughs> like, hey. bruh, he, he almost gave up a goal if Anatovic hey. was, was more uh, lethal. I mean, but kind of like Clay said, you kind of get paid off for your efforts. Martinez, you should have had like three goals. Um, But yeah, man, they got paid off, man. I mean, but they got to get more clinical because the next round, they're not going to go against a team that they could beat one zip. That ain't going to work. You never know, man. Hey, man. City <laughs> dropped four on their head. Like, you're going to be like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right. The other match today in the Champions League, PSV versus Dortmund. This probably five years ago would have been the hipsters' favorite matchup. 1-1, Luke De Jong answered with a penalty in the second half. Danielle Malin opened the scoring in the match. This uh, draw is a toss-up. Um, Ephraim, your boy, Jaden Sancho, he started his time at Dortmund, you know, successfully. Looked like he was able to create chances. Now it's kind of dry, man. Uh, they gave him the number 10, uh, <laughs> Did you see his performance or get to see the game? Because I thought he had some lively moments, but uh, wasn't consistent enough. Yeah, look, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought the Champions League skipped a week this week for some reason, so I I, I didn't think it was a match on today. But in regards to Jaden Sancho, is he showing up for training on time? Is he putting down the controllers for FIFA or, or, or EA Sports FC? Is he, is he doing all that stuff to get to get out there and do his, his thing? But that's what I would ask. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, the PR spin from the Dortmund side, it was really trying to hype him up about, oh, you know, he's showing up, he's doing this, he's, he's happy. He's, and he might be happy. That, that You know, that could be true. I just don't know if uh, he lost some spark, though. Like, some, he, he might have, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think he, I think he needs to get back into training a little harder, uh, especially when this uh, – Upkeep, upcoming offseason comes around. So, um, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, a lot of people start off hot. But uh, leagues catch up to you as well. Anthony, true or false, Jaden Sancho has not scored a goal this year. False. It's true, my friend. True. Damn. He hasn't scored for either team. <laughs> 
Oh, he he's had an assist though. Like two. Yeah, yeah. He got an assist. That's damn. that one magic assist I was talking about. That. Day. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that that was like his debut, right? With Dorman. <laughs> yeah. You would have thought, hey Anthony, you would have thought he was doing way better, huh? Yeah, Ooh. man. I thought yeah, they had you. They had you thinking that with that PR shit. Yeah, game. Ladies. The PR propaganda captain. What's going on with Jaden Sancho? I mean, he did have a goal since he's been back at Dortmund. I think it was a goal in what, like three assists or some shit like that. But um, what? Hey, man. Hey, man. What goal was that? Can you show us it? I think it was like his first or second game back. But uh, again, um, Byron Munchen. We don't. We don't really care for those Dortmund boys. You know, let them work hard like they do down there. Um, Could care less. I'm gonna cut you off, Claytus. PR spin, keep going. He has no goals. Hey man, I can care less. <laughs> yeah, nah, you should care, man. You told us United was holding him back. Now he's free. He's in Germany again. Hey, man. hey, hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. I, I just sell the propaganda against United. I don't care what they do with oh. my with my outcomes. You know, I'm just a consultant. Hey man, you selling bad checks, man. <laughs> hey man, it, it cleared. Uh, did it it cleared he went through oh yeah well yeah the transfer went through well let's see who else is through play this because on the weekend Byron Munchen two Bochum three Thomas Tuchel has led Bayern to their first three match losing streak since your big brother Pep Guardiola struggled with Bayern May 2015. You already know what happened that year, Claytis. Champions League semifinal. What do you think about Thomas Tuchel now, man? The board still seems to be backing him, but they seem to be making contingency plans like Ephraim reference. They call in Ole Gunnar Schulzer. I see yeah, um... your boy Jose Mourinho's trying to be on Duolingo learning German. After he called that league huff, what's going on? What are y'all doing over there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I heard that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comment. I was getting the bottle, so that's why I couldn't, you know, comment on that one. But LOL, that was funny. Um, Thomas Tucho. I don't, know, I don't know where to start. I don't think I have anything else I could say about the guy, about the fraudster, you know, that he is. 419 boy. Um but yeah, again, another ugly performance in the week. We started out like we had some intensity, like we wanted to win a game for once. And there was there was two breaks. Um, there was like protests going on. And I think it was going to say after the protests, we didn't have the energy. But against our, our, our coach's shit. Um, Can you mid- break down why the protest is happening for the people that aren't aware out there? Yeah, th- th- I mean, there's a lot going on in Germany at the moment. Um, cost of living. Um immigrant uh what's gonna call it immigrant immigration um like reform in a way it's a lot of things going on so uh, it's, it's it's ugly right now hey man but from what i was told the protest was to reflect that the bundesliga is potentially trying to sell shares of the league to a private equity firm and the fans don't like that the bundesliga might be selling out excuse me, to try to get some more finances to compete against the Premier League. Yeah, so, and I'll I'll add on that too as well. So with that situation, there was a vote, I want to say, like maybe like four months back, where they were trying to like get more of the clubs to like kind of vote in to pretty much get more funding so they can kind of compete 
yeah, and on the financial and marketing aspect with like, you know, La Liga, Bund I mean, uh Premier League. And most of the teams were with it, except for like some of the small team and stuff like that. Some other like, you know, big teams weren't with it. But the vote went around again, and I think this time around it had passed, but there are still a lot of people protesting against it. So it's people are kind of used to the whole like 50 plus one thing in Germany, but I think as football is evolving and like the market is evolving. Like this is something that they have to kind of accept and, you know, kind of like start incorporating into, you know, into the business aspect. So that's that. Niggas could bitch all they want, but it's going to happen. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, back to Bayern Munich. Um, everything in the midfield was slow. Kimmage was moving the ball slow. Goretzka slow. They didn't really know like what the positioning play was. Um, Muller seemed like he was the only one really trying to create anything. I think Kane forgot his position. Um, I think he thinks he's a, a holding midfielder for some reason. Um, and then Chupo Moting, I don't know what he was doing in the field. We we look so, so shit. So shit. We don't look like we have no intensity. Like, it's crazy if you would tell me Bayern Munich that was beating teams 4-0, 3-0, 8-0 in the Champions League, you know, winning trebles will be the same team that I saw this weekend and last week. I will laugh in your face and I wouldn't even turn on the game. I wouldn't even turn on TV to watch what I saw this weekend. Um, and the reason why Tuchel was not fired and the main reason what, what I'm hearing is um, with the recent firing of like the, what's it called? Like the sporting director, I forgot his name, Nepal or whatever. And they're trying to get this new guy in um, who just started, I think yesterday or today, they didn't want to fire Tuchel before he came in and kind of started like his first day at Bayern Munich. So Right now, they wanted him to come in, and they're playing like contingency plan, like you said, backups. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone on the team, player-wise, is really on Tucho's, you know, side at the moment. Kimmage had a beef with his assistant, um, and come to find out, him and the assistant were actually pretty close. But like, Kimmage is like, you know, at this point, like, bro, your man's is shit. Like, what he's telling us to do doesn't work. Um, Sane's burnt out. Everybody. So, so what Harry Kane said, Clayton. Sorry to cut you off, but. Tuco always said, uh, Tuco also said on the weekend that Harry Kane hates the role that Tuco is asking him to play. He don't like that midfield shit. That nigga came to Germany to score goals. Exactly. So it was like, there was a, a play and attack that happened. I think like Guerrero was the one like, you know, playing the one two, keeping the play going and then like being in Kane's position. I'm looking at Kane. This nigga's like all the way back in defense. I'm like, what the fuck is you doing, nigga? I'm like, Apologize for the language, but you know I'm just like, man, th this is this is Haram football at this point, bro. I said it. He destroyed Chelsea, and now he's at Bayern Munich destroying the club and everything it stands for. You see no intensity, no creativity. This is our first time scoring a goal in three games. Jesus Christ, this shit is pathetic. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I'm sure you 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 said on the weekend. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you said Harry Kane doesn't show up in big matches. Is this a product of Harry Kane not showing up, or his coach not putting him in the right position to shine? Cause hey, like I said, he does not like the role that Tuchel has him playing. But he's a company man, so he's gonna listen to what the coach wants him to do. He's a company man, but some of them shots that he gets, that free header that he gets, 
That's on you. The tactics are very geeked. Thomas, your days are numbered. Because bringing Eric Dyer over might have been the lostest shit I ever seen a manager do. Marcus, that's football manager, man. To help, to you know, to help your brother, one of your brothers bond, give him a countryman to link with. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't go get you brother or something. Waste a waste something on on a position that you could probably use or something, bro. Like Eric Dyer has, bro. It might be the reason that the homie Upacano is looking bad because Eric Dyer on the team, bro. Like he giving him some bad advice. Trying to be the Pat Bev or something. Like, I don't know, bro. That that whole it's like it seems like they need to lose the league for that team to get tore down in a sense. Thomas, I'm sorry. It might be time for you to leave. Um, Kimmich, it might be time for you to dip. If you're not gonna be able to play the position you want, you looking geeked at the coaches when you're getting subbed off. Like, I mean, they gotta I think the season. It could end today, and all them people, all the players on that team, will be super happy. But I do think Harry thought he was coming over there to be Louie. Hey, man, he was. I mean, we, a couple weeks ago, we had a segment about, "Hey, man, is Harry Kane gonna beat uh, Lewandowski's single season goals record in the Bundesliga?" He was on that pace, and then it looks like Tuchel said, "Hey, not on my watch. Slow down." I don't know, but uh. Anthony Leon Goretzka said this three-game losing streak reminds him of a scary movie, man. Do you think they can get out of this nightmare? Or do you think, hey, like Marcus said, they need to lose this league and get embarrassed to reset and rebuild? Yeah, man. I was wondering what scary movie he's talking about. Uh, Honestly, it could just be Avengers and Thanos already snapped, and they just got to take that loss. I know Amen. everybody wanted them to be like, man, ain't no way they all turn into dust like this. What? What? Oh, my. And, yeah, them niggas turned to dust. And then the next movie came out, and it was five years later. And it's like, oh, man, they really did that. They they they, they lost. You know what I'm saying? So I think Byron needs to go through that L, man. They need to go through that Batman getting his back broken phase. You know what I'm saying? Looking straight. Trying to climb out the pit, you know? Hey, hey, hey man. 11, been... game, 11 years in a row winning the league. This is the top five record for consecutive league titles. So, hey, man. Yeah, they do need a reset. Yeah, you got to get humbled sometimes, man. Especially the, the way they've been running that league. It was bound to happen. It sucks that it happened this way. But honestly, if Jew played last year, they'd have lost, man. So... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, Anthony. I apologize. No, nah, you're right. This all started when a guy named Thomas Tucho came. Because once Thomas came, Daniel's with me. We went to the to the to the Byron little headquarters and we saw the game against uh Dortmund. You know, we slapped those bums up like usual. And the boy was like, Yeah, you know, I'm here to win at, at Bayern Munich to start a new re- revolution at Germany. The, talking. And then I said, you know, watch. This is all a, a fugazi little little cover-up smoke. And ever since then, we we fell out of the DFB Cup. We got embarrassed in the Champions League. And it came down to the f- last five minutes in the game, in the last game of the season for us to win the league. 
And since then, what have we done? Shit. We've been shit ever since. And it was the same thing at Chelsea. We won the Champions League when he came in halfway through the year. Cool. Since then, Chelsea was not good. We was not really winning games like that. We wasn't convincing. Instead, he wanted to beef with Conte on the field about a handshake. Conte would rock your shit, bro. Hey, man, look me in my eyes, man. Now that that boy might be taking your job now. Oh, I forgot he don't have a job either. <laughs> yeah, me. Hey, it's a lot of it's a lot of brothers looking for work, man. I saw I saw you guys were body popping trying to talk to Zidane too, and he looked straight on y'all. What are y'all doing over there? He be pulling up a lot, you know. Um, Ooh, yeah, Adidas sponsorships, we know. You know, yeah. It's calm. <laughs> Ephraim, do you think that uh, this struggle with Bayern, as a man who supports Man United, a team that dominated the Premier League, do you see any similarities with their struggles? Like, I know when... Alex Ferguson last coach you guys you guys won the league but it wasn't with the strongest team do you think maybe in a similar fashion that could have been how Tuchel crawled to a league title but maybe the cracks are about to you know show that this team ain't as good as we thought or do you think it's just he is making the team whack I think it's a I always think it's a combination of both I think you always have to try to pick the right players. I mean, I agree with Marcus bringing Marcus. I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, Eric Dyer. Uh, I didn't, I, I was a little confused by that one. Um, you know, if you're playing Kane in a position that he's not really trying to play right now and, he, and he's trying to score more goals versus drop back into the midfield, right. This, you know, in, in, in this setup, you know, if he's not comfortable with it, then, you know, he's not happy. That's on the coach, right. Uh, he, you know, as far as the players go, you're Bayern Munich, right? You think play to the badge, you know, play with some pride, play to that, you know, what Bayern is supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a combination of both, man. And now nah, I don't don't necessarily see any similarities because they've won 11 in a row before this season. So, and they got set, they got a good setup as far as like people in the front office. They got a structure that United doesn't have. Um, so I think it's just a combination of do you have the right players and is the coach playing them in the right way, in the right system to win? Do they need to play? Do they need to change tactics to adjust? You know, one thing I will say about Ten Hag is he's he's had to switch to, you know, change up his tactics. We don't play as a dominating uh, team. We can't. We don't have the players to. So we have to play as like a counterattacking type of team. Does Tuchel need to do that, you know? with this with these players so that's that's kind of how i see it so yeah i i put it you know someone to coach someone to players that, that's how i look at it for sure I, I would say also this then i guess even though they do have that set up it's the management too who are they going after i mean who who's the upper uh the scouts the you know the the football director all of them who are they going after you know look at the talent they're bringing in so dang yeah i think uh I'm I'm a little bit with you, but I think I'm more so blaming Thomas Tuchel because the board gave him so much authority and, uh, you know, power into what type of players he wants. Like, you have Joshua Kimmich, one of the best sixes in the world. You don't want to play him there. You're looking for people like Jao Polinia. You have 
my man, Delict, one of the best young center backs in the world. You buy Kim Ming Jay, good signing to push, uh, you know, your uh, him and Upper Meccano. But then now Delict is like in some doghouse. It's weird. And, you know, play this. Alfonso Davis, you already know he's looking at the front door. So I think Thomas Tuchel's tech. I mean, like I said, Harry Kane is your marquee signing and you're playing him ugly in an ugly position. So I blame this more so on uh, Tuchel because I think if you still look at the roster between Leverkusen and Bayern, Bayern has the stronger team. It's just Xavi Alonso's a better manager than Thomas Tuchel, which is crazy to say because this guy is a Champions League winner. He's won league titles. Right. He, took, he took PSG to their only Champions League final and my man's getting out coached by a rookie. And that's what I'm saying. Like, as far as blaming him, yeah, I, I can see your argument for that. Because look what Xavi Alonso had to do. He he's what what they play a three in the back, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? Bring Pong and them like yep, uh, they play and, with the and, back uh, five, two wings. Right. What's my man on the other side, the left side? Uh, uh Grimio, Alex. Yeah. Grimio, yeah. Look at look at look at how they play. He's had to adjust to what his what what, what uh players he has. So this is where it does fall on Thomas Tuchel to adjust to what his players, what players he has, and what kind of system fits with the with, uh, with those players. Excuse me. So, yeah, I, I can see that. That maybe, yeah, all right, maybe like eh, 65 percent, maybe more on the manager, and then like twenty five percent on the players. For sure, for sure, I hear that. Now, hey, let's talk about a team that is successful and their coach. Is doing his thing. Marcus say four one against Brentford on the weekend. Nunez, McAllister, Salah back with a nice goal. Cody Gakpo finished it off. Ivan Tony scored the lone goal for Brentford. Must be nice to watch some free flowing attacking man. I mean, in in the beginning, it was kind of shaky. Brentford was coming to play. Respect to them. That Matt, uh, what is it, Thomas Frank? I got a lot of respect for Brad. He got some nice tactics against Big. You know, I guess what is it, the Big Six? Are we still the Big Six? Man, I, I guess yeah. <laughs> they still <laughs> pushing that campaign. So uh, yeah, it was. He came out with some good tactics, honestly. Um, but I think I say it all the time when like uh, some of the United boys try to hate i say the quality gonna shine after a while like you only could press so long with like not the same level type of players like now if it's city okay if it's shit even if it's arsenal right now okay but everybody else i really don't i, I can't respect it like eventually they're gonna tire out and uh that kind of happened we lost jata the, he was the key while Salah was out so we need Salah to come back to being the assist and goal scoring guy. Um, we got one up with Luton midweek, and then we got Chelsea on the horizon. But yeah, this weekend this match was nice, man. Mo to come off the bench to get a goal and an assist. Psh, but the champagne moves, I'm already let it be known, is Jota header. <laughs> how you? <laughs> I you that was something off FIFA, bro. He be hey, but the boy already plugged in playing FC, so you know he already trying to mimic himself. But hey, man, City dropped points; it made it even sweeter. We'll see y'all on the thirteenth. 
Nice, nice. Now, I got to ask you this. Who do you think enjoys themselves more on the injury list at your club? Jota or Tiago? Who takes it easy the most? Break it down, man. Because oh, these wow. brothers are these brothers are the IR All-Stars, man. What the hell? I mean, I will put Stefan on that this year, too, shit. Oh, I don't yeah. think y'all have seen my boy. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't think I've seen him this year, man. Okay. Um, shit, I would think, I would think Tiago because he might be out for a whole month. Um, Jata out for two months. Um, what is that? Dom might be out. Allison out for a month. Kurt is out. Last year, Kurt was the all was the injury all star last year. Um, but yeah, it gotta be it gotta be Jata and Tiago. But I guess I'll go with Tiago. He got the most days injured. Relax. We played ten minutes. <laughs> uh man, shout out to them though. They're ballers. I wish they were healthy so we could see them play more. Because players at that level of that quality, they make the game more fun. So even though they're not on my team, I like to see talents like that. So it sucks they have injury issues, but hopefully Liverpool can overcome it and still keep this title race going and. Speaking of the title race, hey, I got to salute my club, Arsenal. They are staying in the thick of things. 5-0 against Burnley to follow up the 6-0 against West Ham. They're thrashing lower-level teams, which is nice to see because Arsenal historically has the thing where they like to play to the level of their competition, and these teams like to play those low blocks and make it hard to score against them, but it seems like ever since uh, the Manchester City rejects, Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus got hurt. Man, our attack looks real nice, man. Saka's scoring. Odegaard looked good. He scored as well. Troussard gets to play that number nine, and he actually knows how to score. He's the best finisher on the team. And then you have Kai Havertz in midfield looking good. So, I got to salute Arsenal. Uh, ever hey, hold on, hold on. You said Ketien is hurt? Huh? You said Ketien is hurt? Because I thought he was just in the doghouse. Oh, no. Nah, I said ever since the Manchester City rejects, Zinchenko oh. and Gabriel Jesus got hurt, then the team has started to look good. For real, I have to give the credit. I think beating Liverpool gave them the confidence to feel like, hey, we're a good team. Because after that, they've been 11-0 in their last two games. And then I also have to salute uh, on January 20th, they beat Crystal Palace 5-0. So they've been very aggressive in their attack, and it's good to see. Uh, they play Porto in the Champions League. They should. I was last time we talked about it, I was nervous. I was like, uh, this might be a toss-up. But nah, they have to win this match. So shout-out to Arteta. It looks like he's taking the pragmatic handle off and letting them attack more. So that's good to see. But the other Champions League match tomorrow, guys, is Napoli-Barcelona, a.k.a. the Diego Maradona Derby. Uh, these teams are both in poor form. Napoli just fired their coach again. They fired another coach. Man, they're drowning. Can Xavi get uh Barcelona through do you think is this like the right team to play against to get some good results because 
I feel like it is since Napoli is stuck and trapped in a weird place right now. Yeah, strike while the iron's hot, right? Like if you can, but uh, also just beware of a team that's you know fired a manager and will have that could have that manager bounce. So, um, but it's not like he's trying to come back. So it's like. You know, it's, it's not like he's like, oh, I got to win this to keep my job. So he's, we already know he's he's leaving. But uh, as far as, like, confidence for the team, yeah, he, sure, absolutely. You better try to do something now. Also, he money bags. He's leaving Barcelona, but he ain't retiring from coaching. So if he can end the yeah, season right. off well, maybe he can parlay that into another job. And he speaks English, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> and he speaks very well. I, 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 you've heard him in interviews, right? So, yeah. yeah, watch out for Premier League. He might uh, might be looking that way. You never know exactly, man. It might be Liverpool's new boss if uh, Xavi go to... Uh, hey, man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that might be a, <laughs> an option. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he hit, he hit us with the Tim Allen. Huh? <laughs> right. Is he not feeling that? Xavi Hernandez, Liverpool manager? <laughs> that is, it's too big of a club for you. Oh wow! He's at Barcelona, a club that's right. And he, and he when he won the league last year, man. Because and he'll have, look, Marcus, real quick, he'll, he'll have better better structure. He'll have a much better, you know, a much better talent pool. Probably not much better, but he have a, a much more um huh uh, confident comp. Hold on, I, I said the wrong thing. <laughs> a much more uh, uh cohesive. They you, you actually had it right in the beginning. A much more talented team. It's a bunch of washed bums on that t Barcelona team, and you can't even control that that locker room. Hey man, that's pretty fitting when uh Tiago's over there, and isn't he a Barcelona ghost? Hey man, he's a free agent, man. He won't. He's be a here. ghost. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> seen him. Hey, ten minutes, you saw. <laughs> oh man, Cletus. I know you're enjoying this op downfall, but do you think they can advance against Napoli? I didn't even know they were still in the Champions League. <laughs> I thought they was removing the group stages. Um, the only way they probably might advance is if Napoli scores three goals and then in the last 70th minute, Barca decides to turn up and then they score three goals as well and then win it back home. But yeah, I don't, I don't see much from this team. Whenever they're playing La Liga, they're always down, having to wait till the last minute, waiting for a penalty, waiting for a special call from the ref to to win the game. So, and in Napoli, in the position they're in, yes, you know, they're going through managers, but I think they'll be able to compete um, at a higher level than maybe Barca is right now. But you know how Barca is, man. The referees, you know, FC Barcelona. For sure, for sure. Corruption. Hey, and speaking of a team that's been famous for corruption, Manchester United, you guys are looking good, you money bags. All the <laughs> all the goals in your match against Luton were scored in the first 15 minutes, including a little blunder here and there. But hey, you got the result, or excuse me, result, and <laughs> Rasmus Hoyland is scoring for fun. Two goals, a brace. How do you feel, man? This match I mean, I feel, was almost 50-50, though. It must have been a little nerve-wrecking. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Casemiro could have got sent off. Harry Maguire was playing like shit. No surprise there, right? He's very inconsistent. Um, 
Hoyland has been the only consistent thing. Uh, oh, and Kobe Mainu. Let me, let, you know, let me give my man his props because uh, that that dude is the truth so far. Like he's 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 showing up. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it was it was nerve wracking because of course you know you score really quickly. You think uh, you get a couple more chances, maybe three nil, maybe even four nil. But uh, nah, mistake in the back. You know, give the team confidence. They you know the crowd get into it. Small but mighty, I guess you could say, right? Got got the team, you know, moving in the midfield. Ross Barkley looked turned back the hands of time, looking really good um in the midfield for them. Um, but yeah, man, it was uh it was it was definitely not as easy as it should have been. But uh, you know, I kind of I knew that last week when we when we recorded. I said that this was gonna be a tricky game, and it was. Um, but you know, on to the next one, got the three points. Um Things behind the scenes looking good too. I'll mention that, you know. So we're looking to pry a pry a guy from uh, Newcastle right now. We'll see how that goes. But I'm liking where the club is going. I like what we're looking like. Um, I like to see us with some more consistency, like in the midfield, maybe controlling a little more. We're never gonna really be a controlling the control the game type of team. But uh, you know, we need to convert on those chances we get and stop being selfish when we even when when we get up, you know, still look for the you know, look for the striker, look for the runners. But uh yeah, man, three points. I'll take it. Definitely, man. And it must be beautiful to continue to see the young people striving, you know, pushing the team forward. It's a nice time for United. You know, you guys are doing your thing. Looks like you're getting the board in or in order, or ownership is getting in order. Uh Claytis, can you relate? I mean, shout out to you guys. You guys signed another executive from Brighton. I heard it's your 11th sign-in from Brighton in the last 18 months. That must be exciting. Why don't y'all just buy them? I mean, to be quite honest, I, I don't know either. Um, no game plan. Americans coming in, trying to take something that was already built and claiming as theirs. You know how it goes, you know, colonizers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really pathetic because I was saying that um, before the season started, I'm like, you know, we're really not good at scouting like all these players were buying you know I've never seen any real highlights no real discussion about their talent you know so I'm like th this is nothing new to me I'm pretty sure most Chelsea fans could tell that we suck at you know doing scouting and you know trying to identify players but I just don't know why we feel like going to Brighton and taking what they have is always the best solution um for some reason we haven't learned our lesson because We've stolen three assets that have all been failures so far, maybe more. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pathetic. You guys aren't aware out there, the guy that they got now is Sam Jewell. The other people that they signed from Brighton, Graham Potter, you already know that flop, Billy Reed, Bjorn Hamburg, Bruno Sautor, Ben Roberts, Kyle McCauley. These are a lot of you know, backroom staffers, uh, Paul Winstanley, and then the players now, Robert Sanchez, Mark Cucurella, Moises Caicedo. So they have an obsession with Brighton. Uh, Anthony, do you think this is good recruiting uh, practices? Just say, what's the team that's overachieving with limited resources? Yeah, we're, we're a billion-dollar team. Let's go get those broke boys and try to hustle with them. Yeah, I mean, it's working because they're my ops, and it's not successful. So, yeah, keep drowning. 
Yeah, it's like quicksand over there, man. Hey, man. Shout out to that guy. Speaking of quicksand, remember that song? Quicksand. What happened to that guy, Moray? Did Rod Wave take him away? Marcus, where is he? Doing uh, Chris Benoit. Hey, drop man. some to. to, to rest in peace my boy though but shit, hey, shit. Hey, hey, i don't know man uh, uh. all right uh. <laughs> that's a sick drop marcus hey man <laughs> how do i get out of that well uh a team <laughs> a team that doesn't struggle with board decisions like chelsea hey real madrid uh Looks like they're finally getting their guy, Kylian Mbappe. Last week, he informed PSG, I'm out of here. I'm dis- not going to lie to you guys. I'm disappointed in Mbappe, but I knew he was going to do this. The reason why I'm disappointed, I said this in the past. I'll repeat it again. I felt like the board is finally giving him what he wants. You wanted Neymar to get out the club. They sold him. You wanted Verratti gone. They sold him. You wanted PSG to have more French players. They did that. They signed your boys Dembele, Colomuani. They signed young boys like Barcola. Looked like they were trying to do everything you wanted. But, hey, oh yeah, they signed Lucas Hernandez. They brought a lot of French players in. But in the first year of the experiment, not looking good, still struggling with the results in the league. And looks like he's looking at the front door and he's ready to dip. Uh, Marcus, do you think that uh, this is a good move for Mbappe at this point of his career? He's 25, turning 26 in December. So I could see why he's like, all right, this France stuff is enough. But I do wish he stayed at least one more, two more seasons just to see, hey, can this French project work? But he's dashing. Oh, yeah, and you even forced the club to make you a captain, and now you're dipping. But, hey, they paying you a million a week. You taking a big pay cut to wear all white. You you know what they call him in the streets, guys? Killian Durant. They call him KD, man. <laughs> they say, hey, it's man, you, just, you jump in ship to an all-star team that already is successful and doesn't need you, theoretically. But, uh, Marcus, how do you feel, man? Liverpool don't look like y'all gonna get him. It's cool, bruh. It's cool. The mafia put that thing to him, bruh. They let him know, like you said, Perez let him know. What was it? A year ago. We don't need you no more. When he went out there and acted a fool at that World Cup. Yeah, you got them goals, but you was acting a fool. In the background, I guess your, your attitude wasn't correct. Honestly, since Neymar left, his attitude ain't been correct. He be saying some wild stuff. He got caught with that T. Like, it's just too much crazy stuff going on with that boy. I just hope he don't go to Madrid. Hey, that T? Hey, man, move along. Move along. Hey, man. I just hope he don't go hey. to Madrid and end up like Eddie. Like, I don't think he that at that point physically, but mentally, when he realized he not – the man at Madrid, like how he thought he was gonna be, he not gonna be CR. Young man, I hope I hope you can handle that because they already got them Brazilian boys that's cooking. They already got the next the next crop cooking. So I do think he a sucker. 
You took half of the bread that you making now. You ran off on your peoples. They don't win and got your homies from the from the national team. Shoot, you almost got Kanate to come over there and you running off. He a clown to me. Like you said, he kind of KD, he K, he got the KD package equipped. I understand why he <laughs> went to that NBA game. He was talking to him, trying to get to understand the strategy. Yeah, you're right. He is trying to be like an NBA player. I've even read an article. I believe ESPN FC wrote it. It was published over there, excuse me. And it talked about how Kylian Mbappe looks at the NBA contracts and how the player empowerment movement happened in the NBA and how the superstars sign shorter contracts so that they can be free agents more often and maximize their income. So he's definitely been watching the NBA. I mean, Marcus, this brother loves the NBA so much. That brother was at the draft. I was like, hey, man, you, you put your name in the draft? Get a LB suit on. I was like, hey, man, are you about to be in the draft? Are you good? He been practicing with Griezmann. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, you know, they love basketball mm-hmm. for sure, but uh, especially as Frenchmen. But uh, yeah, man, it's very interesting. Uh, Ephraim, are you feeling this move? Do you think that he just realized, hey, I can never win it at home, so I have to leave and bend the knee? Uh, I mean, yeah, if he wants to win like the Champions League, because I guess you could say, yeah, look, he already won the World Cup, you know, so he's got that with his with his uh, country. PSG just, I don't know. I, I I never, how much do we rate PSG, honestly? So, I mean, I get it. Yeah, he, he left his, his, his home country. He's leaving and, you know, going to a, a club with pretty much all stars. But my thing is this, I guess my question would be, are they gonna keep them two Brazilian youngins on the on the uh on the wings? You know, are or is one of them gonna leave and go somewhere else and, and make room for him? Um I think they'll but, stay and Endrick is the odd man out. He's about mm. to be a super sub striker, <laughs> even though he's supposed to be the face of Brazil. He's the one that's in trouble. But even though I wouldn't well, actually, I wouldn't say he's in trouble. It's just the minutes might be limited because he's 18 and realistically, no one was expecting him to be the starting strike of Real Madrid as an 18-year-old. Yeah. So so I guess you could say Mbappe's presence does help his development and slow walk it a bit. But like you said, maybe eventually Vinicius might feel like, hey, man, or Rodrigo might feel like, hey, man, I can go to another team and be the main man. And yeah, maybe that might open up an opportunity elsewhere. But it seems like as of now, they seem to be really behind this move They've been talking about recruiting Mbappe openly, so they want him to come. They're trying to yeah. build a dream team. And and this is this goes back to the the, the Galacticos, right? Like, you know, a, a bunch of superstars on one team that that are trying to, you know, win their league in the Champions League and stuff. So, I mean, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing because it's not the first time this has happened with Real Madrid pulling in a big star with already, you know, that already had some big stars on it. So it happens. It's the draw of Real Madrid. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, when he was at Manchester United, uh, Alex Ferguson, I think, pleaded with him to stay one more year, one more year, and he would let him go to Madrid. Yeah, so, I mean, man. like that. Well, what happened? You see what happened? You see what Alex did? Yeah. Alex Alex made sure, hey, come help me go to the Champions League so you yep. can lose the Messi real quick. Then, <laughs> then you can go to Real Madrid and be second place to him for the next decade. 
Hey, man, Alex, you should have let Cristiano leave early, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's why I don't, yeah, that's why I don't necessarily see it as the worst thing. Because, yeah, the, the KD thing has been happening with Real Madrid. Yeah, that's true. And you mentioned the Galacticos, Ephraim. This looks like the Galacticos, but with a right thought process to build a balanced team. Uh, Cletus, how do you feel about this, man? Do you think Mbappe is making the right choice in his career to go to Real Madrid? It's about time. Because before, they needed him. But now, he needs them more than ever. So I feel like it's going to work out. It may not be first year or whatever, but I think the chemistry within the team, the way like they're all like brothers, it's going to be very easy for Mbappe to like incorporate himself into the team and then just kind of like, you know, develop that mentality that I play for Real Madrid. And I definitely see them winning more trophies. Like I think trophies is definitely in their, in their future. So the team is a little bit more balanced. I'm sure they're going to try to sign more players in uh, defense, maybe sign a new goalie or something, but all around they have, they have a lot of options. I see Madrid, Definitely being a strong fair to win the Champions League next couple of years. Oh, Cletus, you're being too nice. The next, the rest of the decade, man, is theirs. I know, I, know. <laughs> I, I, try, I try to, you know, be modest, you know. Yeah, but, you're a you nice know. guy, man. I hear you. But hey, you gonna shit on the Barca niggas. That's all I'm gonna say. Gonna shit oh, on yeah, Barca. quickly. Uh, Anthony, it looks like uh, we're gearing up for two superpowers to dominate Europe for the foreseeable future. Real Madrid and Manchester City. Now that Manchester City is a little bit behind in the arms race after Real Madrid is going to get Mbappe, who would you like to see Man City try to sign to keep up, man? Because you guys need more snipers too, I would think. <laughs> uh, cash money is the army. Better yet, the Navy. Whoa. Hey, hey Marcus, Marcus put a question in the chat saying, is there enough? When, when will it stop in concerns to the city group adding another club to their ranks? Hey, man. Oh, yeah, y'all did buy another team. Hey, man, nigga, these the clubs can get superstars. We'll just buy clubs and then start farming players from those clubs. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's okay. We we have our own, uh, what? our own plan. Yeah. And, Marcus, you just said it. The mafia made Mbappe say, yeah. His people was was linked to City. They went to City before they went to Madrid because they wanted to see if they can recoup some of that money he was about to lose. And then he must have <laughs> got another. He must have got another phone call and said, "Stop playing with us." Yeah, that was Florentino. Your, your, your family is on the line now. Stop playing with us. And then he's all right. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. But he stopped by City first, man, because that money talk. So, damn, we got a plan, man. We just gonna we gonna build with the youth, you know. We got, uh, paid, man. You can't do that. Hey, we're gonna build with the youth and then other clubs' youths. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Like Sabi. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're just gonna poach from clubs that we own and build <laughs> that way. I dig it. I dig it. Hey, smart science, man. You know. Uh all right. Well, the deal isn't official, but we know what it is, man. Shout out to Jamar. As soon as Mbappe's uh, news is confirmed. He He's on the wings, man, okay? But uh, 
let's talk about, you know, a competition that Mbappe in another dimension could have been playing in, the African Cup of Nations. This tournament was a massive success this year. There's a lot of people saying that it was the greatest tournament ever in the competition's history. Like I said, hey, I don't know. I can't go that far back, but I can. I will say for the most part, I agree because this seems to be the tournament where the most outsiders watched it. Outsiders, me and people outside of Africa paying attention to the tournament, the memes, the fantastic goals, the high quality of refereeing, even the upsets you saw. It was like an NCAA tournament on steroids where the smaller nations played better tactically. They were smarter, like Equatorial Guinea, like Mauritania, you know, like Cape Verde. It was very impressive to see how the tournament progressed. And now there are rumors, guys, that because the tournament did so well, FIFA's finally ready to press the button to help them take it to the next level. And 2025 is an AFCON year because this AFCON that was played this year is technically supposed to be the 2023 edition. AFCON is played once every two years, which means next year the tournament is scheduled to be in Morocco. And to even help more people to watch it, there's rumors that FIFA is trying to help AFCON move the tournament from the middle of July to the middle of August. Ephraim, do you think this will help even more people see how great AFCON is? And can it potentially be considered one of the top competitions in continental football if FIFA will continue to help it elevate? Yeah, I think it can. I mean, you know, when you're getting more exposure and and what people already hailed as one of the better ones that they've ever had. So why can't it get any better? Um, and especially moving it from, you know, uh, beginning of a year to the middle of the year where it's, you know, the natural off season for uh, most world football, uh, at least the the big leagues in world football. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, it also, uh, it also, uh, you know, quell those, you know, worries about my players going out for a month, uh, you know, for a tournament and not even playing with my team, they're playing for the national team, you know, worries about getting hurt doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Obviously they can get hurt during the, the summer tournament too, but I don't know. I, I just think it just bodes well for more, like mostly exposure, you know, the, the African continent, you know, uh, uh, getting revenue and, you know, uh, influx of money as corrupt as FIFA can be, you know, uh, the, they'll get some influx of money from FIFA and, and what FIFA's trying to do for them. So, um, yeah, man, I think it's a big positive that they can get that move. For sure. Hey, to carry on the mafia references we've made earlier, hey, FIFA knows good dope when they see it. They know good product when they see it. And they know, hey, we can cook with this dope. And I saw at the AFCON final, they had, Arsene Wenger there, who was on the board of FIFA. The president, Infantino, was there. Arsene Wenger is one of the people that said this was the best tournament ever. And if there is a white man that has been watching AFCON for a long time, it would be Arsene Wenger. Because that brother has been recruiting Africans since the 80s when he was at Monaco. Do your research, kids. But I do think you're right. 
because FIFA realizes, hey, this was a great product, we can promote it more. And that's been a thing that we've talked about a lot in the African community, especially in the last 10 years. Why do they make us play our tournament in January? We should be in the summer where we can get more eyes on our product. 2017, they had the AFCON in the summer. Everything went well. And then out of nowhere, they said, oh, yeah, we're going back to January, February, because I think FIFA didn't like it that, hey, we don't want these brothers playing in the summer yet. But now it looks like they with it, Claytis. Do you think this is a good idea if the plan continues to go through that AFCON will be moved to the summer to get more eyes? I'm a little, I'm on the fence with it because I feel like for us as Africans, um, the biggest time for us in the year is normally the the Christmas and New Year's uh, time period. That's when everybody kind of goes back. Uh, um, so it's kind of easier for people to travel to the games and be in Africa to watch their country play and stuff like that. But moving into the summer, you know, I think the biggest issue would just be kind of like the heat and being able to play, you know, that many games in that environment. But again, I know people, will, you know, will pay the money to go back home to support their country and all of that. Um, I would just hate for us to have to rival um, like a Euros tournament or like an Olympics or, you know, um, one of these South American tournaments. But all in all, I think AFCON as a country and as a tournament is like gaining a lot of traction because, we have good players. Niggas could finally see that we have top, you know, African players across the world. Players are switching from their colonizers over back home. So, you know, the product is good. It's going to get better and it will get better. And FIFA has to accept it. That's that's what it is. Yeah. And I hear you on the uh, scheduling conflict, the calendar. But, you know, um, Euros is played every four years. So I don't think they'll overlap until maybe once in a while. And then Copa America used to be played every two years, but I believe they're switching their calendar to be every four years also. So I think, yeah, like uh, there's Copa America this year and then the next Copa America is 2028. So yeah, they change their calendar to be every four years as well. So I don't think there'll be much overlap, but the reason why, uh, the scheduled tournament is supposed to be from July to August is because next year the FIFA Club World Cup is from June to July. And, you know, they're making that the new Champions League. It's a 32-team tournament. So it's basically next summer we got Club World Cup, then AFCON, then the European football season starts. So if it stays that way, then, hey, maybe it will be beneficial because shout out to the Asian cup. They played this year too. And no one talked about it. <laughs> no one cared. Shout out to Jorgen Klinsman, Marcus. I'm sure you saw he got fired by the way. It was time. <laughs> yeah. Korea told you kick rocks, man. We good. But uh, Marcus, what do you think about AFCON? You know, do you think, uh, this scheduling conflict will be alleviated. Like uh, Ephraim mentioned, teams were hesitant to let players go. Even remember the Napoli owner talked about, I'm not signing no more Africans. I'm tired of losing my boys in the hot title races or top four races, Champions League matches, things like that. But he did let Oshiman go with Nigeria. He didn't hold him back. Uh, what do you think, man? This probably also helps. African players get recruited 
to bigger teams now that AFCON will be in the summer. That also helps too, potentially. Uh, you counting August as the summer? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's like the beginning of fall. Because I would think, because if you think about the schedule in the Premier League, that's when they start doing preseason. Yeah, in the summer, July. That that last preseason be like August, like you know what I mean, like around August, right? Well, you know, hey, Eastern Eastern Hemisphere. The summer is technically from what June twenty first to September twentieth, so that's why it's still warm in September, but. You know, even London, yeah, it'd be like that. Y'all been to y'all been to the UK in the summer, right? It should be hot. I've been there when the summer. It was hot. Hey man, we 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 still in the ends, but um, I I would prefer a little bit earlier, kind of to go with you saying. Let's say uh, what's the month before August? July. Hey man, July. I would prefer. It starts July. in July. It well, starts in say... July and ends in August. But like okay, I said, okay. The reason why it's starting in July and ending in August is because the Club World Cup starts in June and ends in July. Okay, I was about to say the reason I would prefer it like that would be because the, I don't want certain players to miss those early Champions League games. Let's say if you're on a mid-club, the what is it? They got Champions League games in the beginning, like two weeks in after they first met. So, uh, I mean... Oh, man. I mean, you're not lying. You tell the truth. Shout out my boy Bernard Tecpe. That nigga be at Ludogorets playing in the Champions League early. Okay. Trying to qualify badly. But, like, I mean, if that works out, because, like, I don't have a problem with January. I think Mo only missed, like, four games. But the season kind of worked out because they gave uh, England that one-week break. Yeah, and also because he got hurt. So Egypt didn't even go far, man. (laughs) Exactly. Now, if you got a a, Seneg- a Senegalese player, a Nigerian player, what is that? Cape Verde player, uh, you you gonna have some problems. But I do think the schedule should help. I mean, they see the money. FIFA see the money, bro. He already got backhand deals with the what is that? The African Curl uh, Club World Cup. So oh, why yeah. not add African? <laughs> the African African Super League? <laughs> yeah. Why not add it? His bald headed ass. Like, man, I'm, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it because then you can make it more accessible to everybody and like it could be more of an open discussion because people were more interested, were super interested when we were talking about Alcon. Yeah. So, I mean, anything's a pop. If it's a positive, I'm with it. For sure. And shout out to my boy, Dougie E. He's the one that first let, let it be known. He said it early, like, hey, man, this tournament's great. This tournament's special, and I listen to him because he's an older gentleman. He's been watching AFCON for a long time, man. He goes back to even the 70s, okay? And he talked about how this AFCON this year was very special, so he saw the light. He knew the truth, and hey, shout out to all the African teams out there, the the fan. The whole tournament was a massive success, so hey, I might have to cop a football manager 25, man, if they're going to have AFCON in the summer. Hey, it's going to be lit, man. Because when you manage an African team and football manager, it's ugly, bro. You got to go coach on the weekend. Then I got a African Cup of Nations or Afri- AFCON match in the middle of the week. It's, it's dangerous, bro. But anywho, hey, speaking of uh, scheduling conflicts and how calendars can affect timelines, if you guys aren't aware out there, the MLS season is back, guys. <laughs> We're here again. 
And since we're here, Marcus, is it MLS Minute season? new season the preview for the mls season hey man we back man and let's let's go ahead and get some of these i guess we could say major highlights some let's highlight some of the major moves because it was a whole bunch of moves a whole bunch of people leaving the league and then some of the low people coming into the league but hey if you know you're atlanta united fan like i am we lost miles this year miles he 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 Went on and went to another MLS club. Okay, you hear it in my voice. I'm kind of hurt. Homegrown. Okay, our first draft pick. You went to Cincy. It's sick. Brandon Vasquez, also also from Cincy, a striker. He dipped and went to Monterey. Yeah, he said he had to get up out of there. Oh yeah, one of Clay's homies, Emil Forsberg. He's at New York. Red Bulls this season. He said he he had enough in the Bundesliga. I need to get a little slower. Um. Oh yeah, another <laughs> one. Hey, one of Dan homies is in the league. Hugo Lloris. Oh, hey man. <laughs> he was tired of stinking it up at Spurs, and um, he went on and found him a deal. Um, the Chicago, and I guess in some MLS type of headline, if you're more of a fan. LAFC's midfielder Kellen Acosta went on and swapped the Chicago Five. Um, what is that? We got our first match coming up this week. It's gonna be Inter Miami. They're going against Real Salt Lake. Y'all need to get your MLS season pass equipped. I mean, excuse me, your messy season pass equipped, and that's gonna draw us into our predictions. Okay, we only got two subjects. We're gonna predict the Golden Boot. And the MVP. Okay. We got a first dude that we got. We're going to go for the golden boot. We're going to put an asterisk by this dude. The homie Belanga from LAFC. They got a lot of new talent. Oh, yeah. Your boy Vela. He might dip. He might not be coming off the bench this weekend. Um, But Belanga might could do, get that, that golden boot because he won it last year. So he might get it back to back. But um, he wants to dip. Our second candidate is Kuko from Columbus. That boy got into a groove the end last season. My boy Gigi from ATL, the Greek, came and did his thing. He looking like he might go up for the golden boot. And I guess I'm going to go ahead and say that this is Clay's prediction. Because he, hey, look, Luis Suarez, okay? Last time him and Messi was connected, them boys did numbers. Our predictions for the MVP, I mean, I'm only going with one dude, bro. Messi getting that shit. The boy got newcomer of the year playing damn he made the MLS, The MLS is now considered a top league in the world because of Messi. Ballon d'Or winner, FIFA World Player of the Year because of the MLS. Solely right. And if he gets that MVP with 20 goals, 10 assists, 
Shit, y'all better watch out. He might get another battling door. Uh-oh. Pure footballer. <laughs> hey man, but we gonna we gonna come back next week with the results. I guess we'll come with some predictions of who I think are gonna be in the playoffs, who's gonna be the shittiest. Toronto, I see you. Um, but yeah, man. Next week we'll be back with the MLS minute. We back, man. Salute, NA. This is a big year in the MLS's history. This is a team in Inter Miami that many people are expecting to win the MLS Cup. You guys brought Luis Suarez. You have a top class striker, even though he's on his last, last legs. But yeah, we expecting it. Claytis, I know you're going to be hitting a lot of matches this year. Messi's under surveillance, right? He has to deliver. I mean, they said the ball on door when they're playing the MLS, so I'm expecting, you know, top performances. So, you know, that's what I'm going to be expecting. And if I'm charged at $39 by Apple TV, I better be seeing goals every day I turn on the game. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think about this Inter-Miami experiment? They brought back these senior citizens. I don't think there's going to be a team that walks more than them, but can they walk their way to a title? I think with the full season, yeah, I think they're about to eat greedy. Um, there may be a point where they actually get selfish and Messi and Suarez just start dominating and stop, uh, I don't know, trying to pass to those no-name. I don't even want to disrespect them, but those other guys. The um, Americans? Yeah, yeah, those guys that are on the pitch with them. They may just say, we don't need to pass to those guys and let's just score. Because I saw one of them huff the crazy uh, shot. And Suarez, like, rolled on the ground. And that was, like, one of them, like, hey, man, th these guys can't be this bad. I I'll go back to my home country and play for this. And so I think their uh, baller instincts will will take over. And, uh, yeah, man, I think if if not their natural skill, <laughs> hey, man, payola's a thing, man. They already – it may be already written, and we just talking about – bullshit you know what i'm saying they may as already give messi that trophy is what i'm saying so. <laughs> ephraim if the preseason is any indicator of how a team will perform for the upcoming season hey man into miami was trash <laughs> during their friendly schedule man that they, they had a nil nil draw <laughs> to el salvador they lost to fc dallas they lost to al halal they hey. got smoked by al nassar six nil they hey, went to Hong Dan. Kong, Messi didn't play, then they made him put out a, a video to apologize. Yeah, they I was just about to say that. He, he had to apologize for that, not making that match in uh, Hong yeah. Kong, man. Like, <laughs> almost looked like a, a hostage video, too. Yeah, like, then oh, they man. had their last match. They had a draw against Messi's hometown team in Argentina. I'm like, hey, man. Hey, what? <laughs> yeah, see, I ain't, yeah, I ain't ready to crown them champs yet. Like, we gotta, they got to prove themselves. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, nah, man. I, I'm not falling for the propaganda, man. Like, the, the Messi for MVP, yeah, I can see that more so. All he got to do is get, like, double-digit goals, double-digit assists, and he's good. You know, he right in. Just just give it to him. Um, But, nah, as far as them winning the league, nah, they got to impress me a little, little bit more, man. Like, really. Because um, who did they get on defense? Did they, they get some good players on defense recently? Have they signed any... <laughs> 
international stars on on defense that ain't I mean, aging. You know, they they can't sign anymore. You know, oh yeah, so nah, man. They got I'm to do sorry. interleague trades. Hey man, they might as well put Busquets at center back, man. <laughs> nah, maybe in the MLS it could kind of work, but nah, man. Even now, nah. Yeah, they gotta they gotta do something, man. I I, I ain't buying it. Not right now. Hold on, you said Busquets at center back. That center he back. can't walk. You can't <laughs> walk at center back. Exactly. Put that boy in the back three, like Witzel. Hey man, put it just put like him in Witzel, the middle, man. so we can exactly so we can kind of yeah control it yeah control the tempo a little bit more. Yeah, man. Ephraim knows what we're doing. We building up the formation, man. Because <laughs> hey, man, if you want Messi Suarez to press at the front, oh my god. Nah, man. Not anymore. Nah, they ain't doing that. Jordy Alba at left back running up and down. Can he do that? Oh no, 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 no. Y'all got it. Y'all got it messed up. It's the young Americans that do the pressing. That's what they just get the ball and then just pass it to the to the old heads and then get the hell out of the way. That's why I think the back five will be better. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. think about it. if they play four three three, then two of their front three is Messi and Suarez. And then what? Who's pressing them there? Just one player? The left winger? Hey, man. Well, we'll see. Shout out to Inter Miami and the MLS being back. Wayne Rooney might as well come back to America. You need a job, bro. I see you out there looking sick. But, hey, we at the end of the show. It's that time for our superlatives. And, hey, I'll start it off. I'll be uh, a little different because, you know, I like to have fun. My champagne move of the week this week, guys, is uh, <laughs> Andre Iguodala, Larry Bird, and Julius Irvin begging the All-Stars to play hard, and then the All-Stars saying, fuck you, old niggas, and going and play no defense. 211 to 186. After the game, Adam Silver said, well, the Eastern Conference, you guys scored the most points. Congratulations. He was sick. So that's my champagne move of the week, man. The NBA does not have any respect for old people or their fans. Sickos. <laughs> Ephraim, what's your champagne move of the week? <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna give it to Rasmus Hoyland for for that for that phenomenal effort in like 37 seconds. I think it was he scored. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's my move of the week. Hunting down that uh misplayed pass. To the goalie. So, yeah, man. Rasmus Hoyland coming in with me. I dig it. I dig it. Cletus, what's your champagne move of the week? Um, It's going to be all the dumb shit Tucha does on the sideline, acting like he's a coach when he throws his <laughs> hand on him. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that's what we like to call Cletus. You know it as well. Coaching for the camera. That brother's an actor. Just like his dad. But that's another story for another day. Anthony, what's your champagne move of the week? Man, it's an old one, but I'm going to have to go with our uh, Champions League match against Copenhagen. Uh, John Stones and Pep were having a conversation on the sideline. And during Pep's uh, press conference for the Chelsea match, I believe... Um, Pep, but the people were like, yeah, what were y'all talking about? It was awesome uh, explaining tactics. He was like, yeah, whatever. That's why he didn't play the next game. 
So that's my champagne move, man. Watch out who you're talking to. If you're talking to your manager, your coach, and you think you're getting game, he may just set you down the next week, you know? Think you're getting some information. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Pep for calling Calvin Phillips overweight and a buster and then apologizing when he <laughs> said, oh, man, my bad, I didn't mean to kill him that crazy. But yeah, I, I hate that little nigga. <laughs> so hey, shout out to Pep keeping it funky, man. Oh, man. Marcus, I got to start with you, man. Champagne goal of the week. Oh, I didn't get my uh. Oh my yeah, move, my bad. Uh, move, yeah. Even though, even though I let you know, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Thomas' father is Jurgen. Were you sneak dissing? Nah, his dad is Pep, man. Be honest. Nah, his, his dad, dad is Pep. That's who, why he just. Who, who did he? Who career? Who who career did he mock? Look at his coaching career. His he coaching coached... career was to model uh, Tuchel at the beginning, but then yeah, where he go? Where he Pep. go? Where he follow his dad, the mind, the yeah, yeah, the door. Ask, but ask Thomas Tuchel, ask him, read his interviews. He talks about, hey, I'm Pep, he's pragmatic. Pep, he that's what he is. He's Pep, the pragmatist. He's Pep if he grew up in Germany and it's didn't it. grow up with dominating possession football. He got two dads like that on a sports and nigga uh movie. But hey, Jata, um, <laughs> Jata had a to be so short, to be so precise. To open up Darwin for Darwin to give you a beautiful goal. That's the champagne move for me. And I go ahead and give you my goal. It was it was the 10th minute in the Juve versus Hellas game. My homie caught that bitch off the uh off the free kick on the volley. <laughs> Nasty shit. Shout out, shout out. And hey, this is how much this is how much everyone knows that Thomas Tuchel is a Pep product. Last year, I forgot he had a press conference when he said, "I learned from Pep Guardiola, but I'm not a fanboy." He had to let us know because everyone knows he's a Pep groupie, bro. <laughs> he said, "I'm not a fanboy. I'm not a stand. Leave me alone." <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, niggas know that's his dad. But hey, that's why he did so well against them in that year they won the Champions League. He knows how to beat his dad. But hey. Ephraim, what's your champagne goal of the week? Believe it or not, I'm going to give it to Raheem Sterling just, just because he scored on his old team. And and also got to give a shout-out to that Was pass. Was a banger, by, too. At, yeah, also got to give a shout-out to that pass by Nicholas Jackson. Mm-hmm. I give credit where it's due. That was, that was a phenomenal pass. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right, for sure. Anthony, what's your champagne goal of the week? Uh, can't say I really got anything that champagne, man. The one we scored against Chelsea was a fluky. Um, Holland, somebody tripped today and then he scored. Uh, so I don't want to be biased, man. Champagne goal of the week to all y'all niggas showing up and being around. I'm gonna give it to us. Shout out to Doing Wave Network, man. <laughs> Salute. Yeah. For sure. Well, I'll be a biased fanboy. And hey, I'm going to just give it to all the Arsenal's six goals on the weekend. Excuse me, five. This time against Burnley. Shout out to my homies that were laughing at Vincent Company because they hadn't seen him all year. Because, you know, who watches Burnley? But they were sick at his combination with his fitted hat and his suit jackets. They said he looked like an undercover cop. So <laughs> shout out to Vincent Company. Keep was it, wasn't he in the stands, though? 
Yeah, still looking like a cop. That's what I'm saying. He was looking like NYPD up there, man. Hey, it was sick. Hey, imagine, imagine being off that week but still wearing your work drip. That's sick, right? No outside clothes. Come on, dog. <laughs> it was supposed sick. to get your shit off like Thomas tried to on the sideline. <laughs> so yeah, man. Shout out to Arsenal scoring goals for fun. It feels like I'm back in the 2000s. <laughs> but Claytis, what's your champagne goal of the week? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Sterling, and then I have three more. All dedicated. Hey. All of them are dedicated to Bochum for all three of goals that they scored against Bayern Munich. Just want cool. to say thank you guys so much. Um, you know, hope to see you again soon. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, we back in the club, and I got a few people in the club with me. I got to salute Emerse Faye. He is the gentleman that became the interim manager for Ivory Coast during AFCON after they fired their coach for not winning a match during their group stage. My man coached four games, got four wins, and won the AFCON. So salute to that homie. Also, another brother in the club with me, my boy Bukayo Saka, my little homie. He's now one of the seven players in Premier League history to have 75 goals slash assists before turning 23. He's on a historic trajectory. The other people that have done that, Wayne Rooney, Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler, Cesc Fabregas, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Lukaku. So... Salute to him. He's on a nice trajectory. I also have to salute Dame Lillard for being Huff most of the year, but balling his ass off in the All-Star game. And now now Glorilla wants to date him, Marcus. So, hey, he won. Give Halley that MVP. (laughs) So, hey, man, salute to everybody out there doing their thing. Shout out to all the winners. I even got a shout out Lewandowski for his community service penalty game winner you can come to the club too so Ephraim who are you in the club with give it a shout out to my young boy uh Kobe Maynou because uh as I say before man the kid is just ridiculous I, I think he's at 18 yeah man like they can drink over in the UK at 18 so he's coming in the club with me for sure for sure man you about to be at the teen club Ephraim remember those days the teen clubs Nah, I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> These young niggas, they could be my sons, man. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Clay, this who you in the club with? Clay, this? He ain't make it inside. Oh, yeah, he, back. he probably trapped in Slizzy World again. Hey. Marcus, who are you in the club with? Hey man, did oh hold on, he back. Hold Play on. this, Go he ahead. back. Yeah, my phone was trying to come off me, but it wasn't coming off. But yeah, I'm um, I'm in the club with Thomas Tuchel, getting the board drunk as always. Um, hoping he loses his job in the morning. Hey man, you know he's not leaving in the morning. Hey, hey man, just whatever I can do, man, I'm doing it. He's outside. <laughs> All right, Marcus, who are you in the club with? This is gonna be club. This session gonna be club last ride, cause I think this is the end of the road for a lot of folks. My boy Trace Trey Young, come on down. My boy 
Murray, come on down. Diago, come on down. Thomas Tuco, come on down. Jurgen, that Barca bum. Who else we got, bro? Well, whoever else on their last ride, y'all welcome to the section. And I'm going to have a rag ready for uh, Raheem because that boy was sweating hard when he got that goal. Hey man, he wanted to celebrate, but he he yeah, I I know he wanted hey man, celebrate, brother. That club doesn't respect you. That fan base doesn't respect you. Celebrate, bro. Hey, hold on. I got a question too. So him and Malin did the same shit. Put their hands up, walking to the crowd. Ain't that shit a celebration, low key? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Not celebrating against a former club like that is a celebration. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Because everyone knows why you do it. Hey, that joint happened in AFCON. A brother scored and put his hands up. That's how What's... next That's how next Africa is, okay? Because my bloodline is divided. My mom is from here, but my dad is from here. And I play for my dad's country, so I got to hold my hands up. It's, it's oh, next, bro. Don't blame me up after the game. Yeah, quick. Because you have cousins that might run down on you if you celebrate too hard. But hey, man, <laughs> hey. Anthony, who are you in the club with? Man, all the, the names Marcus listed, it gave me an idea. We're standing up a new club. It's called En-Roads Club. When you're at the end of the road of your career, your your job, you're coming to this club, and we're going to party it up, you know? So all, all the people Marcus had in that one section, I stood up its own a, a venue for you all. In Road Club, shout out to Klopp. He's actually my my guest of honor. I'm watching my main op fall before my eyes, <laughs> and uh, it's beautiful. And actually, we're going to Club Hospital again for whoa, Diego, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because the walking goal is hurt. Be yeah, you love that guy. It seems like you, a long time. Yeah, man, he's he's a baller, man. It sucks to see him leave, but you know. <laughs> Four Pete on the line, you know what I'm saying? Some things we, we we may have to ask what Phil Foden has under that tape, and that's it. <clears throat> what, huh? Can you repeat that? Hey, man, you just gonna have to rewind the rewind. <laughs> hey, man, hold on. <laughs> hey, yeah, all right. <laughs> Can Marez come in with us, bro? Oh, sure, man. The the legend, the baller, sure. If Marez can go, yeah. <laughs> it's a business in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is I, I think his uh family will love to see him at the end of the road. You hear me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, hey, yeah. you guys have sick clubs, man. Club last ride and club and roads. I think LeBron wants to be in both of y'all clubs because at the All Star game, that brother said if he don't he don't know if he's just gonna have a silent retirement like Tim Duncan or if he wants a marathon ceremony tour like Kobe. I was like, hey man, you know you want a Kobe tour. Yeah, he knows he wants that. He's a he's a vain person. He announced where he was moving to in that Miami joint. So on a TV is, show, yeah, this is the equivalent of that. And he's like, man, I can get a farewell tour. Like what? Like he, he knows he want that man. That's then crazy. he announced when he was going back to Cleveland in Sports Illustrated. I'm coming home. Oh man. Yeah. So so yeah. He likes attention, man. That's all right. <laughs> well, salute to everybody out there. This is Champagne Soccer, the best soccer podcast in the world dedicated to the beautiful game, letting you know about the finer things in life and in the sport.
We'll holler at y'all next week. But before we disappear, what we got to do, Marcus? Hey, man, till next time, keep them pinkies up. Keep that bubbly on ice.